Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society Field Medical Focus Area Working Group's podcast series entitled Field Medical Stakeholders, Partnering for Today and Tomorrow. In this 16th podcast, we will be discussing MSL excellence and capabilities. I'm Catherine Gann. I'm a member of the Field Medical Focus Area Working Group, and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. Currently, I'm an independent consultant in medical affairs, having spent my 30-year career as an MSL, an MSL manager, and an MSL trainer. Our legal disclaimer is as follows. The views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or regulatory advice. We encourage you to engage in conversations about partnering with field medical stakeholders with other MAPS members via the community portal on the MAPS website. Simply log in with the email address and password associated with your MAPS account and click on the discussion tab. Then scroll down to field medical to post a question or review previous postings. The objectives for this series of podcasts are that at the end of this series, the participant will be able to, one, discuss the functions and activities of key internal stakeholders, and two, identify potential areas for compliant collaboration by MSLs with those key internal stakeholders. This is a special edition of our podcast, as today we have four global leaders in MSL excellence sharing their subject matter expertise with the MAPS membership. All of them are members of the Field Medical Focus Area Working Group, and all of them have participated in previous podcasts in this series. Our guests are Ralph Ruers, Senior Director, Global Field Medical Excellence at AbbVie, and Ralph's going to be our facilitator. And our panelists are Wendy Fraser, Executive Director, Global Field Medical Center of Excellence and Scientific Training, Global Medical and Scientific Affairs at Merck and Eleonora Goldberg, Director, Global Field Medical Capabilities at Amgen, and Donna Holder, Senior Director, Global MSL Excellence Oncology, Global Medical Affairs at Daiichi Sankyo. Ralph, let me turn this over to you at this point. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure to serve as the interviewer for the MSL Excellence role. Just a little bit about my background. I've been in industry for about 27 years, in fact, starting my 28th year this month. I've worked specifically in the MSL role at four large pharma companies, Pfizer, Amgen, Bristol-Myers Squibb, and AbbVie. I've been been in this role. I have had previous experience in this role, so I'll try to add to the discussion as well. I was the head of the MSL Excellence uh, team at AbbVie, and I started that function a couple of years ago. Before we get started, I'd like each of you to give a quick career highlight and what led you to a role in MSL Excellence. So, Eleonora, let's start with you. Thanks, Ralph. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Eleonora Goldberg, and I started my career after my PhD trying to find a way into industry and found the MSL role, which I think is one of the best roles out there. And I did that for quite a few years before deciding to move in-house. And I've been in-house for about 10 years now in different areas within medical communications and medical affairs as a whole. And I spent a few years in the intercontinental region where we identified this need for this medical capabilities role. In the past two years, I've been within the global organization in the medical capabilities role. With that, I'll hand it over to Donna. Thanks, Eleonora. 
So I'm a PharmD and I've been in the industry almost 30 years. Uh, I've had roles in both clinical development and commercial, but the majority of my experience is in medical affairs. And the majority of that time has been in leadership roles for field medical. In 2012, I was at AstraZeneca. And at that time we were, as you say, going global. So we created the Global Medical Capabilities Organization and I took on the role for leading global MSL excellence. That was my first experience in this role. After I left AstraZeneca, I spent a couple years in consulting and then went to Merck, where I took on the role also to build out the Field Medical Center of Excellence. And last year, I moved to Daiichi Sankyo to do the same thing, to build out global MSL excellence function in our new oncology business unit. And with that, I'll turn it over to Wendy. Thank you, Donna. My name is Wendy Frazier. I have my PhD and have been in the industry for 22 years, all of that time at Merck. Here at Merck, I've had field roles, I've had a field management role, and then came into headquarters in the last three years, really to focus on what I've found to be my passion, which is field medical excellence. So Ralph, I hope that that provides background on how we came into the roles we're in today. Thanks, Wendy. Appreciate it. And as you see, our panel just has a tremendous amount of experience um, in industry, in field medical, and also to this medical excellence role. Really, the role has emerged um, across industry a little less than 10 years ago. And so it's a fairly new function within uh, field medical. The understanding I have of the role is that field excellence team sets out to ensure some consistency for the field medical function across the globe. And with the globe being having different responsibilities, it's a, it's a very interesting role. And so for the first question is, can you explain what medical uh, MSL excellence means in your organization? Anything different from what I described, Donna? I'll start with you. Uh, thanks, Ralph. And I'll tell you, when I first got into this role back in 2012, I actually Googled what a center of excellence was because I wanted to make sure I did it right. And I found that a center of excellence provides leadership, best practices, research, support, and training for a focus area. And so that's exactly what um, I feel a center of excellence does. And having an MSL excellence center, that is solely focused on working with the MSLs and leadership around the world um, to uplift the, the MSL capability. And done well, as you said, a COE will create efficiency, promote consistency, and also drive innovation. Thanks, Donna. I really appreciate that. Um, as you might imagine, you can do a number of things in this role to start out with, but you have to start somewhere first. So, Wendy, my question to you is, what did you decide to tackle first? Thanks, Ralph. And I think I'd like to really leap off of some comments that Donna made in general with regard to consistency, not for the sake of consistency, but rather for both efficiency and effectiveness, as well as the ability to innovate. And with that in mind, we first tackled our MSL manager community. Um, we felt as though just from a, an impact standpoint to integrate into the system at the management level for field, we had the best ability to have impact on the overall field group. We also felt that from 
to some of the comments that have been made about global organizations from a numbers standpoint. To focus first on the MSL manager community was manageable. Um, it allowed us to have a number that we could bring together as a community, as Donna has mentioned, to best practice share, which as those numbers get larger and larger just becomes more complicated. And we felt like by approaching the MSL manager community first, that was the most manageable way to go forward. Um, so we also um, focused a lot on MSL managers, so I won't add to that. But what I will add is one of the first things we did is a global awards and recognition program. And this was during the pandemic. So we really questioned whether it was the right time to do it and decided absolutely with everything that was happening, we wanted to acknowledge our staff. And so we went ahead and had a standardized program across the world and were able to acknowledge in a very public way the accomplishments of our MSLs. And, and really it was very well received. And so I'm really proud of that as one of the first things that we tackled within our organization. Thanks very much. Um, I'm going to ask you three quick questions. And so if you, each of you would go in order, I, I'd, I'd appreciate it. So uh, let's do this, Eleonora first, then Wendy, then Donna. And my three questions are, uh, first of all, how is your medical excellence team structured in your organization? The second question is, how big is the MSL excellence team? And thirdly, who would you consider are your main customers? So with that, Eleonora? Yes, thank you. So our um, MSL Excellence uh, group is within our medical capabilities group that also includes medical communications, publications, medical information, and it, it falls in within the global medical organization. Um, that being said, our group is really small. There's just um, two or three of us within the group, and we partner very closely with our operations group, and that's really important as we look into other areas like analytics that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but it's um, the perception is that we are much bigger than we are. Um, and our internal customers, I would say, are primarily, obviously, the MSLs and MSL managers. But I think it's also really important to be communicating the impact of our organization to others within the medical organization, as well as cross-functional colleagues like our um, commercial colleagues. So I think that gives us a, a nice overview from, from my perspective. Thanks, Eleonora. Wendy, how about you? A lot of similarities, Ralph. So also at Merck, we are structured within the Global Medical Affairs Capabilities Group. We are also a small team. There are currently five of us on the excellence team. And similar to what Eleonora described, our main internal customers would be field medical, of course, is, is how we focus all of our energy all the time. And then their leaders, so both at the country and the regional level, and then, of course, our therapeutic area colleagues. I would also like to share what Eleonora said with regard to our partnership across the capabilities group, as well as a focus on making sure cross-functionally throughout the organization that it's understood what our role is and the benefit that we bring. Thanks. Donna? So very consistent in terms of uh, the MSL Excellence Organization is in the Capabilities Organization and Global Medical Affairs. Uh, totally agree in terms of the internal customers. 
Um, and I'll say that the, the group is, is pretty much me, myself, and I. Um, we do have another MSL Excellence person that does focus on alliances. Um, and I'd say that, you know, in the other two roles that I was in, MSL Excellence has always started out as one person. And I think that the value the group shows um, just allows the group to expand, which I'm hoping for in the future. And just as Eleanor had said as well, people always refer to me and my team, like, oh, can you help, you, you know, can you get your team to work on this without realizing that, you know, it's a very, very small group, exactly as you said, Eleanor. Yeah, thanks, Donna, for that. At least, uh, for Donna, for you, it's easy to reach consensus when you're a team of one. <laughs> so um, I think that's, it's, it's really great. Um, just a couple of final questions. First question I have is, do you have other examples of the types of initials, uh, initiatives that you lead? And, and by that, I mean, trying to give everybody here on the podcast an idea of the types of things that you get involved with. So, um, Wendy, how about you? Well, thanks for the opportunity. I think if I were to try to give, you know, a broad and generalized example of a success that we're feeling currently, it's operating truly as a center of excellence. We currently have forums in place that are allowing us to identify around the world early something that is effective and we're able to partner with where that idea has originated from, pull it in to the excellence team, work with our regional partner, and then assure, ensure that it's both effective and able to be done at the global scale, and we roll it back out. And, and, and we've really seen some incredible successes in that story. Thanks, Wendy. Um, Eleonora, earlier you mentioned a bit about analytics. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, definitely. So one of the key areas for us is to be able to show the impact we make as a field medical organization, and no better way to do that with than with analytics. And of course, it's both the quantitative and qualitative components of what we do in the field that's important. And so making sure we're using our analytics to be able to generate insights and impact our strategy and inform uh, the rest of our stakeholders. So really a, a key emphasis for us is looking at the data that's put in by our field medical organization. Thanks. Donna, with a team of one, um, what kind of types of initiatives did you take on and lead? So I mentioned two. The first is a clinical trial initiative. So for, with this initiative, we sought to identify and communicate the role of what an MSL does to support clinical trials. We wanted to gain consistency in how our clinical teams were working with MSLs in clinical trials. So it was a, you know, almost a year long endeavor where we identified roles and responsibilities and ways of working and partnership. And we're in the middle of implementation. So the other one I'll mention, I mentioned this because Wendy and I worked together at, um, at Merck. And when I was there and also in my new role, uh, a big initiative was the creation of a global field medical policy. Um, and so that's really a big endeavor in terms of creating and defining the policy, but probably more so the implementation of that. And I definitely see that as something that a center of excellence um, could and should lead. Thanks, Donna. That consistency is a common theme through all of this. So thanks for bringing that up. Final question I have for all of you is there's always opportunities and, and challenges. So if you could maybe pinpoint one challenge uh, for your role, I'd, I'd appreciate that. So Wendy, why don't you go first? 
Ralph, difficult to bring down to one for sure. But if I, I think if I was asked to just choose one, it would be prioritization. As I described, as we've seen more and more success come from this center of excellence concept, more and more people would like to please be involved with some of the work that we're doing. And so to remain prioritized in, in the initiatives that we take on can really be a difficult task. Great. Eleanor? Yeah, I think for me, um, one of the key things I'd like to bring up is implementation and um, leading without authority in the sense that uh, all of the field uh, teams report in through their individual countries. And so you're impacting change without having that direct report. And so how do you work together to make sure you're all aligned and able to implement on the initiatives you've decided as a team are important and prioritized. And so that's, I think, an area that uh, all of us, um, I don't know if struggle with is the right word, but definitely um, have to make sure that we're working very closely with everyone to make sure we can um, implement the, the initiatives that we have identified. Yeah, it's very true, Eleonora, that leading without authority is, is, is oftentimes very difficult, but can be very rewarding when it works out. Donna, how about you? You know, I, I echo both of them, but really emphasize what Eleonora had said around the, I guess, the leading and influencing without authority, because I'm in a similar model where our regions, um, they don't report up to global. Um, so it's a lot of just collaboration and partnership, setting expectation, I'm being very clear with communications and expectations, but I would say that that's probably the biggest challenge. Well, I want to thank you all, and I'm going to turn it over to back to Kathy, our moderator, to wrap it up. Well, thank you, Ralph and Wendy, Eleonora and Donna, um, for participating today. This has been really interesting, and I'm hoping our uh, listeners find it just as enlightening as I did. Back in 1967, when the first MSL team was started, I doubt anyone would have predicted how this role would evolve and become such an important part of medical affairs. And now that companies have these centers of excellence that are dedicated to MSL excellence and capabilities really speaks to the value of the MSLs uh, in specific regions and globally. So in line with our learning objectives, I think participants should now have a better understanding of the role and the function of MSL excellence and capabilities teams, whether that's one person or five people, and certainly how the MSLs can interact with this, these centers of excellence. So this has been the 16th podcast in our series on the topic of field medical stakeholders partnering for today and tomorrow. If you're a MAPS member, thank you for your support of MAPS. If you're not yet a MAPS member and would like access to additional resources in this area, please visit the MAPS website to explore joining. And that website is medicalaffairs.org forward slash membership. This concludes the podcast.